why, did, why was my dad with all these $50 bills? What's the thing? He said, well, he heard you were probably going to be coming to visit. And he wanted to make sure you didn't have to spend any money. And, uh, and, and that's just how his dad was, always watching over the kids. His dad um, was born in a, a log cabin, you know, and uh, started working in a furniture factory and worked there like 45 years and uh, never made a ton of money, but he always took care of his family and made sure they were provided for. And I'm sure there's a number of dads that are like that too. And um, he went on to tell Bruce did how when he was a child, he got really sick and uh, he was about nine or 10 at the time and he ended up in the hospital with three major surgeries and was in the hospital for 69 days. How many knows that could be very expensive? And so when he got a little older, he asked his dad, he says, how did dad, how did you pay for that? And he, his dad just said, oh, we just took care of it. That's all he would say. And it wasn't until later after he had passed and he was back there visiting that he was driving around with his mom and said, mom, didn't dad used to own that house? And she says, oh yeah, that's the house he sold when you got sick. He just simply took care of business. And I think sometimes that's what dads do and Maybe they don't always, uh, how would I say, make a fanfare about it. But that's what dads do, good dads, good fathers, just like Bruce. And I'm sure we have a number of good fathers here that you do what you can to help your wife and you help your kids to make sure they're provided for, not only physically, but spiritually. And that's why you're here today, because you care about their spiritual life as well. And... When you think about fatherhood and good fathers, I know we should thank our fathers, but I think the greatest father of all was alluded to earlier by the worship team, our Heavenly Father, who is our example. And good fathers thank the good father, right? And so that's what I want to do. The title of my message today is Good Fathers, Good People Thank the Good God, out of Psalms 136. And I want to encourage us as men. I'm a father myself. I have three children. I was just telling somebody I have two daughters and one son. They're all grown, and so none of them live with me, and only one even lives in the town I live in. One lives in Chicago, one lives in East Troy, Wisconsin, and then my son currently lives in the town I live in. But um, I, I want to be the kind of father who leads the way and shows the way life should be lived according to God's word, because there's so many examples in our world that aren't doing that, and, and God can help us men, Amen that we can do with God's way. And so let's look at Psalms 136. And so that's on your paper. Everyone would take the paper out. And I'm going to begin reading, and then I'm going to need your help in a little bit here, okay? Psalms 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn in Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. Now I'm going to read the first half of the verse, and if you guys will read the second half, okay? And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. 
But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the desert. Who struck down the great kings. Are you guys getting this? And killed many mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Abarites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as an inheritance. An inheritance to the servant Israel. To the one who remembered us in our lowest state. And freed us from the enemies. And who, create, who gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Did you notice that in every single verse in that chapter, it ended with what? His love endures forever. The psalmist didn't add it one time too many. He wants us to know that God's love, the Heavenly Father's love, endures forever. So that's why good fathers, good people, thank the good God because his love endures forever. So let's kind of focus in now on verse 1. It says, give thanks to the Lord. Give. This, the first three verses both start with give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, but then it quits because it's an ellipsis. In other words, it's assumed the rest of the time. So he goes from saying give thanks, and then starting in verse 4, he's going to focus in on the reasons we give thanks. But we are to give. This is the earnest desire of the psalmist, is that because it's of high importance that we learn to bless God, that we learn to give thanks. How many know that when you're giving thanks, you're enjoying life a lot better than if you're grumbling and complaining? How many are enjoying life when you're complaining and grumbling? Those two don't go together, do they? Giving thanks and thanking God are tied often to what? Enjoying life and, and having a good life. In fact, the two are tied together in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, 12, giving thanks and being joyful. And gratitude is tied to, to greed and discontentment and lack of enjoyment. So let, let's be, give, let's give thanks. What is thanks? It's a sense of gratitude. It's realizing we haven't earned it. Whenever you go to work and you sweat all week, or if you, if you, maybe you're in an air-conditioned office, I don't know, but you work hard, you go work hard, and when the payday comes, is it like, well, thank you, I didn't deserve this? No, you, you feel like you earned it, right? They should give it to you. If they don't, they're wrong, right? If you, if, see, but giving thanks, because God has given us so many things that we didn't earn, that he just graciously has blessed us with. So we need to have a sense of gratitude, and it's such a sharp contrast to grumbling and complaining. That's what those two are, the two things you can do. And I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who love to complain. A lot of people who love to gripe, do all those things. And yes, sometimes we've got to deal with difficult things in life, but I think our basic attitude should be one of thanksgiving to our Heavenly Father. And then that should kind of filter down to what? We should thank our earthly fathers when they're good fathers. Why? Because they're, they're following the Heavenly Father in the way He is. So 
In fact, in this psalm, it says, give thanks. And did you know sometimes some of the things the psalmist thanked God for, the people in Israel weren't thanking God for? For instance, it says, verse 11, and brought Israel out from among them. That's talking about the deliverance out of Egypt. And so he's thanking God that he had brought them out. But what were they doing sometimes? Well, if we go to Exodus chapter 14... Exodus 14 says this in verse 10. Exodus 14 and verses 10 through 12. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Does that sound like thanksgiving? That sounds like complaining. So here the psalmist is writing and saying, God brought us out, thank the good Lord. And some of the people at the very time it was happening, what were they doing? You brought us here to die. They were griping and complaining. Well, if you look down to verse 16 in Psalms 136, it says, to him who led his people through the desert. So the psalmist is looking back and saying, God, you led your people. I'm so thankful for what you did for us. But if you go to Exodus chapter 16, verse 2 and 3, it says this. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So many of them were griping and complaining about the very circumstances that the psalmist is thanking God for. Isn't that kind of what's happening here? God worked miracle after miracle to take care of them, but they never seemed to trust him and did nothing but complain, so many of them. So this is my challenge, man. Let's be challenged to continue to give God thanks even when we face challenges in life. Amen? How many knows we're going to face challenges? And sometimes we won't even have the answer to the challenge at the time, but we can still thank God in the midst of the circumstance. Why? Because we know that God will be with us. God will help us. As men, we do not have to have all the answers. We just have to know the one who does. Our Heavenly Father, He knows all the answers. He knows how to help us. He knows how to lead our families. So we have a choice. Can we think of the good that has happened to us and trust God to take care of us in the future? Or do we focus on our problems and not trust God and begin to complain and gripe? Are we looking up to our Heavenly Father and say, Father... Thank you, you've helped me in the past. I have this problem right now. I have no idea what to do, but I know you've helped me in the past, and I thank you. I trust you, my good Heavenly Father, that you will help me to help my family and to bless, be a blessing in, to their lives. So what are we going to focus on? I, I, I know that, why else would you be in church? Because you want to follow God, right? Hopefully. And so... I want to be an encouragement to you in that. It'd be kind of like if I had a dish of sand here and had little tiny metal flakes in there. 
I could try to go through the sand with my big clumsy fingers, you know, and try to pick them out. It'd be very hard. Wouldn't get very many, probably wouldn't hardly find any, but if I took a magnet, I could just run it through and, what, and just collect them like that. See, the unthankful heart is like my fingers in the sand. It discovers no mercies. But let the thankful heart sweep through the day and the magnet find, as, as the magnet finds iron, so I will find in every hour some heavenly blessing. See, it's our outlook. See, as we become thankful people, we are like a magnet. We begin to see the things that are good that God is doing in our lives, even in the midst of the chaos. Somebody knows life can be chaotic. But in the midst of the chaos, somehow we can see that God is still there, God is still working, God is still taking care of things, and we can trust Him. That's why the psalmist says, give thanks. Give thanks. Choose to be that kind of man. Be, choose to be that kind of person. Be, choose to be that kind of young person or lady. Be a thankful person. So give thanks. Verse 1 then says, give thanks to who? To the Lord. Now if you look closely at that first verse, the word Lord there, if you notice it's in all capital letters. And this happens to be the NIV version, okay? But when the NIV puts it in all capital letters, because if you look down to verse 3, it has the same word, but it's not letters, just the first letter is capitalized, and then it's the small case, O-R-D. Why, why does the NIV do that? It'd be because it's telling you that when it says, give thanks to the Lord, that first Lord is the term Yahweh. It was a personal name that, that the Israelites reckoned. We serve Yahweh, the one true God. See, because in their day, there were many other gods that people served, like Molech or Baal. And he says, the one I give thanks to is the one true God. I don't give thanks to Molech or Baal or in our day, maybe Allah. I give thanks to God, the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. That's who I thank. Amen? He's the one who can help us. He's the one who gives us strength. Then it goes on, give thanks to the Lord, Yahweh. Then it says, give thanks to the God of gods. Now this gets really good. He's God over anyone who is so-called God. All those so-called gods have been created. They're creatures, not the Creator. I worship the Creator of it all. The one who is God over all so-called gods. Then in verse 3, give thanks to the Lord of lords, the one who is over every, every person of any authority. I might even say, He's the president of the presidents. Amen? He's over every president that there is, whether it's the CEO of a company or the president of a country. Or whoever they may be, he is over them. That's who I think. Praise his holy name, the Lord of Lords. He is absolutely in charge. Sometimes it seems chaotic, and we'll deal with that in a minute, but he really is in charge. He's the one who we thank. I know if you heard the joke about the burly construction foreman, he got his crew together and says, I can lick any man here. A young guy steps forward and says, you can't lick me. And the guy just started looking at him more and says, uh, you might be right, you're fired. <laughs> well, you know what? God doesn't have to fire anybody. He's, he's all-powerful. 
He's in charge. Sometimes people, they, they may try to blast them and act as if they're so strong or powerful because of their position in this world. They have no authority unless God has allowed them into that position. Why does he allow certain people into certain positions? I don't know, always understand, but I do know this. God is in charge. He has not abdicated his position and he never will. He will always be in charge. That is the one who I give thanks to, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the one true God. Praise his holy name forevermore. He will always be in charge. He always will be. Now, so he says we give thanks to the Lord. That's who we're to give thanks to, the God of gods, to the Lord of lords. Why are we to give thanks? Well, let's look at verse 1 again. For he is good. The word for is telling us why. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For what? He is good. His love endures forever. So he gives two reasons where to give thanks here. Number one, he is good, and his love endures forever. God, our Heavenly Father, is good. Now this is where the challenge comes. See, remember in the story about Adam and Eve, and when Satan tempted him, he said things like, well, this God really have your best interest at heart? And this is my paraphrase. Because if, if you eat from the fruit, you're not going to really die. Why? You know, he was, in other words, he was questioning the goodness of God. See, when things come along in life, we can begin to question, God, are you really good? Why did this come into my life? Why did that happen to me? Why is this? Why is that? God is falsely accused of doing many things. God is good. Let's get this right. God is good. The devil is bad. Did we get that? God is good. The devil is bad. And did you know that sometimes, I've said to say, but all of us sometimes have sided with the wrong side. And we've all done some things that aren't so good, right? If we're honest. Every single one of us on occasion has done things we shouldn't. So, if we look around and say, okay, God, you're, you say you're good, but look at all this chaos. Everything is happening. It's not good. Is that because of God doing those things? No. It's because the devil is bad, and sometimes people choose to go that way. So we say, well, why doesn't God stop everybody? You know what? I'm kind of glad he doesn't. You know why? Because it would include me. If God stopped everyone who ever did anything bad, there would be nobody left. Right? I mean, we might justify, well, I wasn't bad as that person. But we've all done things that weren't good and we've hurt others. So, God is good. See, what God is doing is he is allowing us as people to have a choice. Are we going to side with him in what is good, or are we going to go the other direction? We have this choice. And he's allowing us time to make our choices. And I want to encourage us all, especially you men today, let's make the choice to thank the good God and trust him and go that direction. 
If God were not good, you think this world is chaos now, you have no idea what it could be like. Just think in your own mind, people like Hitler. Just think if he were God, what would the world be like? I mean, we've had pockets of really bad stuff in our world at times, right? But see, an all-powerful God who knows everything, who is evil, he would make your life very miserable. So if you have any joy, any peace, or anything ever, you know there's not an evil God in charge, but a good God allowing people to make real choices of either good or evil. God is good. He alone is good in an absolute sense, and that's what Jesus said, because one time they came to him and said, uh, called him good, and he says, the only one who's really good is God. Is that what you're saying to me? In other words, only God is good in that absolute sense. The more evil a ruler is, the less choice they give those they rule. Have you noticed that in society? If, so, if a dictator gets in charge, what does he do? He takes away freedom. That's what dictators do. They take away freedom because they don't want anybody to challenge them. That's what evil dictators do. If God were that way, he would take away all choice, but he allows us true choice. God loves us so much, and it's amazing that he puts up with us. God loves us forever, and that's why he kept saying, his love endures forever. Uh, If you look at your life, um, and if you honestly look at your life and you think, you know what? If I was the Heavenly Father, would I put up with me as long as God has? He's good. He loves us. And we need to, in turn, thank Him. Say, God, help me to be more like you so I can bless others and bless my family. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good dad. And uh, you know what? I, my kids are raised, but I still haven't stopped being the father. You know, it's just, that's part of the lot. Many, many fathers abdicate that in our world, do they not? They take off. They don't take care of their family. They, they make excuses. They just take things for themselves. You know, I had a stepfather, you know, I, that he didn't always think of others very well, not even his own kids. There was a point in time when him and my mom decided, okay, kids, you all got to move out. And we were, mi- uh, I, was, I was 18 at the time, but my, all my siblings were minors at the time. So, but I was just 18. I didn't have no job to support myself either, you know, really. But everybody's got to move out. What are they thinking? I don't know. But, see, God wants us to be like him, a good and he's a good heavenly father. So we've seen that in verse 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord. And he's told us two reasons. For he is good and his love endures forever. Then beginning in verse 4 through 9, it's kind of like exhibit A. Okay, the psalmist says God is good. Let me show you some evidence for this. What is the evidence? To him alone who does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, and made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. In other words, he's saying, God alone 
is the one who does wonders. In other words, he does things that no one else can do. Scientists have only really begun to understand so many things about our world. They understand some pretty amazing things, do they not? But there's far more they don't understand than that they do. Our world is so complex. Our bodies are so complex. How many knows the doctors do amazing things, but there's many times they just got to throw their hands and say, I don't know what to do, if they're honest, because they don't. Why? Because our bodies are so complex. God has done wonderful things. Man may move about him with their machinery, right? But let's see man create a mountain out of nothing. That's what my God does. God alone does wonders. God alone. Then he goes on to say how he made the sun and moon and stars. Maybe we should thank him as often as he is the stars he's made in the sky. If you just thank God for every one star a day, you would never run out of things to thank God for because who knows how many there are. They can't even count them. Every sunbeam is a message from God of his love. Every drop of rain that caresses our bodies is God showing his care for us and our crops. I was just talking with uh, Chris about California because uh, come to find out, um, I grew up right where his family comes from in Santa Cruz, Salinas area, and it's beautiful there. And uh, you, you can't go into the redwoods and not think, man, our, whoever put this here, it's amazing. And to go to the ocean, you know, if it's, I, how many have been to see the redwoods in California? Anybody? A few people, okay. You know, you, some of you may have seen that tree where you could drive through it, you know, stuff like that. I mean, them, them trees are massive. I mean, unbelievably big. Now, if, you stand, if you were to stand right next to one of those trees and try to see the top like that, you almost have to break your neck. It's so tall. That's how big they are. But the one who did that was what? Our Heavenly Father. He's saying, who alone does wonders? Oh, man, man may chop a tree down like that, but let's see man create a tree like that. Or put the stars in space. All creation speaks to us of God's wisdom and power and love. It's like God said, well, you know what? Let's put some flowers. I think some of the ladies are going to like this color. I think... uh, Man, let's put some huge boulders here. Because I can just see in a few years guys wanting these big old huge trucks and see if they can drive up them. Right? Couldn't God be doing those kinds of things? You know, or or maybe like, I'm going to put something so far down in the bottom of the ocean, it's going to take them forever to find it. Right? I mean, who knows? God is... He created this. Exhibit A, God is good. He created a beautiful world. Then he goes on, Exhibit B, beginning in verse 10 through 24. And this is where we're reading together, kind of, and talks about how God helped them and delivered them out of Egypt and uh, opened the Red Sea and they went through on dry ground and God then delivered them. Verses 10 through 15 talk about God's miraculous deliverance out of slavery. 
Verse 16, how God took care of them through the desert, the wilderness. And then verse 17 through 24 shows how God overpowered their enemies and provided a place for them. You know what? God helps us as well. I know God has helped me as a father. And I remember one time um, I had been in a car wreck and we had one car at the time and I was living in Nebraska and in a small town and the closest grocery store that you could really buy very much at all was like a half an hour away and there was no public transportation. So you pretty much had to have a car. Uh, or bum rides, I guess. You could maybe do that a little bit, but even that would be difficult. So I'm standing in front of my house, and here's my car, and it's totaled. And I'm like, God, what am I going to do? I've worked hard, but I do not have the money right now to replace this car. I don't know what to do. And I was just crying out to God, God, help me. About a day or two later, a phone rings. This is the day before cell phones. You know, the phone on the wall? Okay, the phone was on the wall. And, and the phone rang, and I answered it. And a lady said, I would like to give you a car. I'm like, you would? That sounds nice. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, what kind of rust bucket is this going to be? <laughs> I'm thinking, but I was desperate. I needed a car. She said, if you show up to my house on this day, I'll give you this car. And it was in another town about 30 miles away. So um, I borrowed a car. I don't remember how I even got there. Did I borrow a car? I can't remember. But somehow we got there. We drove up. And this older lady came out. And she says, here you go. And, and it was a yellow Cadillac. It was an older car, but it was in mint condition. You know how some older ladies take care of their cars? It was that kind of car. And, and she just gave it to us. And I drove off. And for years, that, I, I probably still my favorite, my favorite car we ever had. Uh, and you know what the thing is? I've never seen or talked to that lady since. Because she lived quite a ways from us. And I moved to Illinois from Nebraska. I had no way. So I've never talked to her again. God Use that lady to provide for me and my family. Just as God here did what? Open the Red Sea. I, I dare say, is there any men here that God has helped you get a job ever? Right? I had that happen too. I remember one time when I was in Bible college, I needed a job for the summer and I'd always work construction, and, and I called the boss, and he says, Larry says, I, I can't hire you this year because we have no work. Okay, so I went home, and I started going everywhere looking for a job, and went to place after place. I mean, it's easy to find a job right now, but then it wasn't, there wasn't help wanted signs everywhere that year. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking and looking and looking, and I, I went to this place that uh, worked with crops, and... Uh, so I applied, and I interviewed, and I got the job. And it was a good pay, it was a salary job for a summer. Can you believe, who gives somebody a salaried position for a summer? I don't know. And the thing is, there was, happened to be a Christian man in the office, and he told me about this later. He says, Larry, you won't believe this. He said, there was a discussion between your boss and the big boss as to whether or not to hire you. 
And the big boss says, you're going to hire him. The guy says, no, I don't want to hire him because I'm going to train him. As soon as he's trained, he's going to quit. He's already told us that. And they were arguing back and forth. And who won? The big boss. (laughs) So God provided. Amen. God takes care of us. God takes. So Psalms 136 says these things. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Why? Because he's good and his love endures forever. Exhibit A. What's exhibit A? Look at creation. Verses 4 through 9. Look what he's made. Then 10 through 20. It's almost the last verse. What he's done for the Israelites. We might add what he's done for us. So then when we get in those tight spots, let's still continue to give thanks, say, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to lead my family in a godly way. I won't allow the pressure to crush me. Why? Because my, from the Lord, my strength doesn't come from my employer. My strength doesn't come from my bank account. My strength doesn't come from my health. My strength comes from the Lord God Almighty who created it all. He doesn't run out of power. He doesn't run out of strength. He can strengthen us regardless of the situations we face. God is our strength. God is our hope. Praise His holy name. I'm going to conclude with a story. I think the worship team is going to come at this time and they're going to play a song. But there's a general, Charles Krulock, told this story to Leadership Prayer Breakfast in Wheaton, Illinois in 2000. He, he was in the military for many years and when he first kind of went in, he was going in as an officer. He went to officer's training, that kind of thing. And there was another guy there by the name of John Listerman. And John Listerman was a Christian and at the time, uh, Charles Krulock wasn't. And he, he kind of watched this guy, and he thought, well, I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's a Christian. I don't need that, or kind of was his attitude at first. And so they went through a bunch of different things. And they ended up getting shipped over to Vietnam together. And when they were, on the very first day when they went out on some of their missions, they were ambushed, and uh, John Listerman got hit, and he was, he was hurt seriously, and um, Charles Krulock, you know, he, he, he got hit, but not very bad, and he was crawling over to where John Listerman was. And before he could say anything, John Listerman said, how are you doing, Chucker? So it should have been the opposite way, you would think. The guy's wounded very bad, but he's asking how this guy's doing. And he says, I'm okay. And he says, well, how are my men doing? And he says, they're okay, too. And then John Lisherman just simply turned his head toward heaven and says, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for taking care of me and my men. See, life is not always pretty, but we can still thank the Lord. Somehow we can find something that God is doing and trust Him. That's the only, you know how you can have that kind of strength to do that? Only from him. Life will crush us, men, without the Lord. And then you know what? As you do what I'm talking about, as we do what the Bible says, that we give thanks, you know what will be? A blessing.
to all those around. And our families will call us blessed and be thankful, just like the kids were today. See, you men, you could have been out on a drunk last night and fighting with your wife and running the car into the house or whatever men do sometimes. But to do what God has called us to is going to take some strength and some thanksgiving. But with God, we can do it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God. You've called us to be thankful men and women, to see the good in the midst of the chaos, trusting you. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. And I guess generally if you have somebody come up, if you want prayer, you can come on up here to the front. Um, and, uh, but you know what? Before we do that, though, let's do one thing. Anybody got... We're talking about giving thanks. Someone got something you want to thank the Lord for. It's just a one sentence. I thank God or whatever it might be, men, women, anybody. Yes. Amen. 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 Anyone else want to thank the Lord? Yes. Okay, for his faithfulness. Okay, yes. Well, that's a good one. God's faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I can say he's been faithful to me. I was 12 years old when I made a deep commitment to Christ, and I'm 61, so I'm almost into this 50 years. One more year, okay? Actually, less than a year, you know. And uh, God has been faithful. God is faithful. Praise the Lord. Well, if you need prayer, you can come on up here. I'll pray with you, or I think they have some prayer team members. And they're going to lead in a song. And so just worship the Lord. And if you need prayer, you're welcome to come on up, okay? And when you're done, you're done. I'm done. So I don't know if Dewey wants to come back at the very end or not. So praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and stand up and give thanks to the Lord. We're going to sing Great in Power again. And it starts off with praise Him, you heavens and all that's above. And we heard a lot of that today in the psalm, right? And I was thinking as he was speaking, Pastor Larry, that we can almost interchange praise him, you heavens, and all that's above with thank him, you heavens, and all that's above, and praise him to thank him, you angels and heavenly hosts. So think about thanksgiving as we sing the song. I'm going to sing praise, but think about the thanksgiving that we were talking about today. Amen? Hey 